She showed up the 1st of April, I guess it was. I'd been out there thinking about getting to work on Bertie's shed. I was going to use some scrap lumber I'd been keeping dry under the last tarp. It was just dumb luck them boards wasn't stacked in the barn when it burned. The old man had a few one night and uh, went out to inspect the grounds, as he liked to call it. Now, I usually followed him, just to make sure he didn't fall in a goddamn hole, but this time I was watching a show about Canada geese and let him go by himself. He must have dropped a cigarette, because half an hour later the old barn went up like Satan himself, lit her on fire. Uh, There wasn't nothing in there, except a few bales of hay, but the old man bawled like a heifer. Maybe that was what finally did it to his ticker. Like I said, I I was thinking I'd get to work on a new shed for Bertie because that poor old sheep didn't barely fit in the old shelter we'd been using since the barn burned. Also, I I figure she probably gets cold on the one side because the old man left her half-sheared when he passed. He decided it was cruel to shear both sides of a sheep at once. He said they'd like to get their hair cut in stages. He had a lot of funny ideas like that. I was coming around the side of the big house with my tools in my belt, heading for the lumber pile, when the taxi cab pulled up. Now, I took one look around the corner, and right away I thought of the Antiques Roadshow. Now, there's nothing some people like better than digging around in other people's stuff. I wondered if somebody from the show heard that the old man left something valuable behind. I didn't reckon anything on the place was worth a goddamn wooden nickel, but I'm not up on the antiques, so how the hell do I know? I stayed back and waited to hear her say something. If she was Antiques Roadshow, I thought I might head back to my cabin and put my town shirt on. Not that I give a shit what people in show business think of me. Now, I seen some things in my day, but I ain't never seen nothing like her getting out of that cab, looking like she just landed on the moon and forgot her spacesuit. Bewhittled, if you catch my meaning. She had on some little shirt and shorts, and then these big bloody green gum boots up to her knees like she didn't know if it was summer or winter. <laughs> She's a skinny little thing, hardly nothing to her, but she was pretty enough. Shiny hair reminded me of a mink, only a little lighter in color. The cab driver got to pulling suitcases and bags and boxes out of the trunk of the car. He kept looking up at the house and uh, asking if she was sure this was the place. Only he had one of them foreign accents, so he said it kind of funny. She told him the address was right, and he asked her if she was sure, and she said she was. The cab driver kept shaking his head and looking at the house. By this time, I was pretty sure she wasn't Antiques Roadshow. No, I I figured she'd uh, be some greedy goddamn relative. The old man had mentioned a few, but I never paid no attention to him when he talked. Sure as shit, she'd run me off. It was time I left anyway, never meant to stay so long. I I come around to see what she wanted, and straight away, she started talking a mile a goddamn minute. Uncle Harold this, and Uncle Harold that. She's just a little bit in them big green boots. Next thing I know, she had a hold of me. I damn near fell over from the shock of it. Uh, She reminded me one of those feral hogs I'd seen once on Nature Channel, the the ones so fearless that they'll take a run at a grown man. This bitty girl got me in a clinch, and she hung on. 
The cab driver feller was right behind her, and he had a hold of a suitcase damn near the size of Bertie's lean-to. He was staring at me like he was about to lose his lunch, so I started to feel offended. I asked her if she was done, and she finally let go. She told me it must be so hard, and it was hard for her, too. So I said, yeah, because I didn't know what the hell she was talking about, and I, I was starting to get the feeling that she might not be the brightest bulb in the lamp. She said she was sorry. She should have introduced herself. She's Prudence, Harold's niece, and she's come to stay. I'm not surprised the old man never mentioned her specific. Uh, People never like to talk about their slower relatives. I got a cousin twice removed, got webs between his toes, ain't said one word his whole life. You never heard about him in the family newsletter that goes around every Christmas. Hell, nobody mentions me either if it comes to that. Families is funny about who they advertise. A lot of the time, the people worth knowing in a family is the ones that don't get mentioned in the newsletter. That's my opinion. The girl was still talking, saying how I must be devastated because of how Harold and I worked together for so many years, and it must have been so special. Now, it's true that I've been living in the cabin down at the edge of the far field for going on 35 years ever since the old man hired me. So I said, oh yeah, like that. And the cabbie feller leaned over to her and whispered, Are you sure this is right? And she whispered back, Yes, this is Earl, my uncle's right-hand man. His partner, really. Earl keeps the place going, and my uncle was, was very lucky to have him. Now, I was starting to feel not right. I'm not saying I didn't help the old man, because I did. But I wasn't ready for all that right-hand stuff. I told her I worked the farm, such as it is, and I got paid every month for my trouble, and how it was never any kind of partnership, less than it was one of those 98 to 2 deals. She said, oh, like she was disappointed. Now we stood there for a while, and finally the girl says, well, maybe we should go inside. It kind of smells out here. Like a poo, said the cabbie. Now I told them that was the rendering plant down the road. <laughs> It can get a little ripe in the afternoons, and since I didn't know what else to do, I let her in, and that cab driver come in right behind her, still hanging onto that goddamn suitcase. Now, once she was inside, I didn't know what in the hell to do with her. I don't do a lot of entertaining. You want to know the truth, especially not young girls. She told the cab driver he could leave the suitcase in the four-year, whatever the hell that meant. He said, you sure, miss? And she told him it would be fine. And he asked about the rest of her bags. He wanted to know if he could bring them in for her, too, like it was a goddamn special treat. And she says, that would be incredibly nice of you. And he started grinning, like she'd just give him a thousand bucks. The cabbie left, and she followed me into the kitchen. She looked around like she was from the health inspector and asked me if I lived in here. I told her I got my own place, little cabin out back. Then she asked, what's happening on the farm? And I was about to tell her to mind her own damn business when we got interrupted by the cabbie. He was huffing and puffing like a workhorse with the heaves, and he had a hold of a suitcase even bigger than the last one. He says, you want here? And she says, yes, Hugh, that's fine. So off he went again. 
She asked again what we were producing, and normally that might have seemed like a pretty goddamn snotty question, only the way she said it, it was hard to tell what kind of question it was. Before I could tell her that the place was producing nothing but bad luck and trouble, the cabbie was back again. This time he had a big canvas bag like a hockey bag and a couple more of them suitcases, all of it kind of hooked together. This time he couldn't even talk. The damn things was so heavy. <laughs> he was fighting for air. The girl, she just smiled at him, and right away he's smiling back, even though the poor bugger's half dead. Off he went again, and before we could start talking, the girl turned to me, uh, and she's got tears in her eyes. Her voice was kind of sniffly, and hell if she didn't have the waterworks going. Anyway, the girl cried for a while, and the cabbie came and went with a few more bags, and every time he saw her, she was still crying, and he gave me a look like I just shit in the floor. Then she got calmed down and asked me how her uncle died, and I told her he was watching TV. And she says, what? And I said, I, I didn't know what he was watching, because I was back at my cabin. She said she meant, of what? I got it, so I told her that the paramedic doctor said that his ticker probably give out. And she says, heart attack, and starts up with the crying again. The cabbie was still standing beside her, staring at me like I was the biggest bastard who ever lived. Nobody said nothing for a couple of minutes, and she asked him, is that all the bags? And he said, yes, but he didn't move. And so she said, thank you, Hugh, you've been terrific. He asked about four more times if there was anything else he could do for her, and he shot me a few more of them suspicious-type looks before he buggered off. Then the girl saw the pile of mail on the table and asked if it was her uncle's. I nodded, but didn't say nothing else. I knew what those letters was full of. People asking to get paid. It was happening even before the old man died. Between you and me, I knew his financials wasn't in order. I'd just been waiting for someone from the bank to come along and close the whole shittery down. Put a padlock on her. When that happened, I was going to put the camper on the back of the truck and head south like I'd always planned. To hell with waiting until I had the money for a new camper. The old one would do fine if I took it down south where it never rains. I'd give that damn sheep to the neighbors and get the hell out. I never did much around the place anyway, except let the old man listen when I played. The girl flipped through the letters, looking at the addresses. Real snoopy. She said that even though she never got to know Harold, she knew about him because he was the last of her family, and he lived in Canada, which she says she respected, especially during the Bush era, and she couldn't believe he'd left her everything. It took a minute for what she said to sink in. The old man left this little girl the farm. Jesus. Jesus. I didn't know what the hell to say to that. All I know is that I, I got the hell out of there before I said something I'd regret.